Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. White flag, final lap, Bush, light, clash. Who's going to victory lane? Will it be Logano or will it be Kyle Bush? One final time through three, off four, checkered flag is out, and Joey Logano has done it, scoring the win. They're crashing right in front of him. Logano has scored the win in the Bush, light, clash at the Coliseum. Uh, it's so electric here. And uh, to be able to do some donuts with our Shell Pendulum Mustang. And the first race of the next gen, first one out here. Oh, man, it means so much. It's so special. And, uh, man, what a just a crazy, uh, crazy race. Kept ourselves towards the front. And, oh, man, it's uh, awesome. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5. Internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you. Yet again, after race number one of 2022, man, the entire NASCAR community is still on a high after a great weekend of racing in the City of Angels. Today, we're going to look forward to the season officially kicking off in Daytona with some team previews. We're going to check in with our resident Californian, Dan Hubbard. He's going to stop by and recap the Clash weekend with us. We're also going to check out Hendrick Motorsports and preview their effort for 2022. We're going to continue our look ahead to the Daytona 500 with another flashback. This week, the 2010 Great American Race will be on display. There are big changes going on at Penske and the Wood Brothers this offseason. We'll uh, obviously check out Joey Logano and company after winning the Clash over the weekend. The rest of the team as well. Obviously, 2022 starting quite well. We're also going to review some brand new and expanding teams in the NASCAR Cup Series with Trackhouse, Colleague Racing, and Petty GMS Motorsports. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines as we draw closer to the Daytona 500. Kyle? Mike, we know Kyle Busch is racing full-time in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2022. And while he is officially done with the Xfinity Series after reaching 100 wins last year, his NASCAR Camping World Truck Series racing career will continue. Bush told the media today that his first truck race with his team will come at his home racetrack of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. 
I'll just say it here. I mean, the first one's going to be Vegas for sure. Obviously, a hometown run um, would be conducive to what I enjoy, and um, that'll be our first truck race of the year. And as we draw closer to the season, teams are continuing to announce new partnerships. And these past two days were big for the defending Daytona 500 champion. Horizon Hobby will be the primary sponsor on Michael McDowell's Ford for two races this summer. Freight Auctions also returns to Front Row Motorsports for six races as McDowell's primary sponsor. Both companies will also sponsor Zane Smith in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll recap an epic weekend of the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum with Dan Hubbard. And later, we'll do a deep dive into Hendrick Motorsports. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating... Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. So glad you're with us here on our weekly get-together. So glad a lot of you were with us over the weekend for our live coverage of the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum. And this gentleman was with us as well out in the turns. Our very own Dan Hubbard of Rancho Cucamonga, California, had the turn call for us this past weekend. Dan, welcome into NASCAR Live. How are we doing? Thank you, Mike. I'm doing great. Uh, Happy to be on this show, man. This is a pleasure for me and an honor. It's a pleasure and an honor to hear you in the turns. We were tuned in. We were listening. I want to get your general takeaways about what you experienced over the weekend inside of the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. I tell you what, in all honesty, I'm still decompressing from the sights and the sounds and the experiences and the the sensory overload uh, that was the Bush light clash at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. I mean, there were so many things on so many levels. Uh, you know, let's, let's, let's start with the fans. That crowd was incredible. I, I Really, in over 30 years of, of me being involved with the network, I don't know that I've ever sat amongst a crowd like that. You had your first-timers and your old-timers and your good-timers, people that just wanted to be out and have a good time <laughs> in Los Angeles and enjoy their first NASCAR race. It was, it was just they reacted to everything. Everything and a pot, you know, with, with every pass, every bump and run, every scrape, every spin, uh, they just got up out of their seats and cheered. So it would that just provided uh, a true electric atmosphere. And uh, one, of, one of the things I'll, I'll never forget is when the cars would spill out onto that track from the USC Trojan Tunnel, okay. And they did that several times, uh, not only on Sunday, but on Saturday as well for, for the practices. You couldn't see them. You couldn't see the cars, but you could hear them. The rumble in that tunnel and the ground shook. Now, we're Southern California residents. We know what ground shaking is about. We're and just that's not, not good. Used to 3, <laughs> <laughs> we, we just, we're not used to 3,000-pound race cars generating that, that, that shake. And when you heard that rumble, you knew what was coming, and the crowd even reacted to that. It was incredible theater. And um, it was just just a great experience. Great crowd. Great crowd. 
we had the rollout of the next-gen race car. How did it look from your perspective? A lot of us watched at home. A lot of us have been watching online through social media posts and pictures on websites. But what about the actual product itself in front of you on Sunday? We talked about that, you know, off the air. Uh, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and myself, and, of course, Steve Post and Kim Kuhn. The cars just look good. And to my mind, that just that slight motion of the number, the car number, and pushing it forward, to my mind, just gave the whole car a completely a, a more aggressive look. I don't know. It just kind of looks like it's moving even when it's standing still. Um, the cars were turned out, and you can, you can really tell the difference now between a Mustang and a Camaro and a Camry. You know, it's, it's not kind of a one-size-fits-all kind of a thing. They look aggressive. The paint jobs look great. The logos are a little bit uh, larger for the sponsors. So uh, I think it's a winner all the way around. And the carbon fiber, I, it, 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 it took a beating. Let's, let's be honest. It, you know, it was tested at the Coliseum, and I think it came out with very high grades uh, overall. I mean, they, they took a beating. And what, what's that saying? Took a licking and kept on ticking? Was that, <laughs> was the phrase? It really stood up to some punishment out there. Can't wait to hear you again on the call. We'll have you Auto Club Speedway Race Weekend and obviously points forward throughout 2022. Appreciate you making time for us to give us your perspective of uh, of the matters that broke loose there in downtown L.A. over the weekend. Thank you, Mike. My pleasure being on the show. That's Dan Hubbard coming up. We're going to preview what the 2022 Hendrick Motorsports landscape looks like. Kyle Larson and William Byron all coming up here on NASCAR Live. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. 2021 was the year of Hendrick Motorsports. Hendrick won a whopping 17 of 36-point races, and Kyle Larson was crowned NASCAR Cup Series champion. While he didn't make it to the championship four, many were impressed by William Byron's season last year. Matter of fact, so impressed that there are some folks that have him as the dark horse candidate to win the championship this year. Let's preview 2022 for the defending champion and the number 24 team. And one final shot for Martin Truex Jr. to try to get to the back bumper. Here they come for the final time as Larson leads to three. And here he comes now, absent a year ago. He's back now, and now he is a Cup Series champion in 2021. Kyle Larson across the line. He will win in Phoenix, and Kyle Larson is your 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. With back-to-back championships, courtesy of Chase Elliott and reigning champ Kyle Larson, Hendrick Motorsports retakes their place atop NASCAR's elite. 
A few years back, the once dominant Hendrick was struggling to visit Victory Lane. Today, four Hendrick drivers are contenders to win any given weekend. While not much has changed in the Hendrick garage from last season, their outlook and goals for 2022 have gotten stronger. Checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. Kyle Larson with a big round of applause from the fans in the stands. Kyle Larson works his way through six, eyeballing seven. Kyle Larson wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway. Let's start with a look at the champ. Kyle Larson put together one of the best NASCAR Cup Series seasons the sport has seen in a very long time in 2021. 10 wins, 20 top five, and 26 top 10 finishes. And to no one's surprise, given Larson's six previous Cup wins and the Sprint Car Aces 2020 performance on dirt. Any vehicle Kyle climbs into, Larson finds a way to win. One could argue that the champ's name deserves to be on NASCAR's Mount Rushmore. For Larson, there is still much to accomplish. I mean, I'm only 29, so I, I feel like I I try to push it to the side a little bit because I feel like I feel like that's something you have to you have to stay at that level for more than a decade to. Um, you know, really be in that category. So I, I try to just shove it aside right now because, yes, it's been two really great years, and, and the others before were, were good as well. But um, you know, I won't consider myself a part of that until it's you know I'm in my 40s or something and deeper into my career, and, and if I'm still having success like I am now. What what left do you have to accomplish to besides just? age and longevity in the sport. I mean, what else do you have to accomplish? Because you won a lot of the big sprint car races that you wanted to win this year. You've won, you know, big late model races. What more do you want to win? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's still other races that I want to win. Um, you know, Southern 500, Daytona 500. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot in NASCAR, uh, National Open. Um I don't know. I've, I've won a lot of big major races. You know, as I'm getting more into the late model stuff, I would love to win the world, the dream. But I don't know. I mean, just big races. And then, you know, once my career is done in NASCAR someday, I still would love to try and win a World Outlaw Championship. And I, and I think it'd be cool to... I think it'd be something really cool to say I won a World Outlaw Sprint Car Championship, a World Outlaw Late Model Championship, a Lucas Oil Late Model Championship. Um... Uh, I probably won't ever race an all-wing sprint car again, but, uh, you know, maybe go... I probably wouldn't go race for points in USAC, but still, like, to to win championships and other types of vehicles would be pretty neat. Um, your team, Hendrick Motorsports, I feel like the lineup you guys have there across the board is... is as solid as it's maybe ever been in, in Hendrick's history. Um, you know, you've got four guys there that can win every single race. What do you attribute to the success of just the organization of, as, as a whole? I mean, what makes it all work together so well? Well, I think it starts at the top. I think Rick is a great team owner. He's a great leader. He just knows how to treat people the right way. Um, and it kind of funnels down from there. I, I think, you know, I, I look at like Chad Canales and Jeff Gordon, the way they have learned probably so much off of Rick and how they, you know, treat people and how they lead people. Um, and then a step down from them is to me would be, you know, Jeff Andrews and people like that to the crew chiefs. And um, they've just, I think everybody's leadership skills there are, are unmatched of what I've ever been around. So, um, 
just everybody's attitude there is always positive, and it helps too. I mean, when your car's running good, everybody's gonna be positive. But I think even when things weren't going great there, um, you know, Rick continued to believe in everybody, and yes, maybe shuffled people around, um, but you know, he never let them think that he didn't believe in them, and I think that's what uh, is key to making everybody work really hard. Hendrick teammate William Byron dramatically improved his stats in 2021. Considered by some to be a sleeper of sorts, Byron's consistency made him a favorite among sports bettors. While he only scored one win, Byron racked up 12 top five and 20 top 10 finishes, making it to the second round of the playoffs. One of the big factors in Byron's success was a reunification with crew chief Rudy Fugel. The duo had major success in the Camping World Truck Series, scoring seven wins in 2016. For Byron, 2022 is all about getting the most out of what they have and staying focused. Yeah, I think just, um, you know, going into it with an open approach, just focus on trying to do the right things and, um, you know, really kind of narrow our focus into what matters and, and not so worried about, you know, rules changes and stuff like that. We're just really focused on how do we maximize our um, our potential each weekend. So uh, I think it's going well so far. On Rudy Fugel, Byron felt his impact immediately. Yeah, he was huge. I mean, I think, um, you know, he came in, uh, had an immediate impact, I thought, um, within the shop with the meetings and, uh, you know, obviously had an impact on the track when we won that, that race at Homestead early on. Um, and thought that we had a lot of good runs throughout the year and, and a lot of potential. Um, so I think we can carry that potential, hopefully uh, capitalize on it this year and, and uh, get more wins and advance further in the playoffs. And for that healthy competition amongst teammates, Byron feels the Hendrick gang did pretty well, respectfully leaning on each other. Yeah, we know that in a lot of ways we're competing against each other. And, um, you know, I think it's healthy competition for sure. Um, we all get along well. We all, you know, know how to race. And, um, you know, we know how to race without, you know, making contact or, or things like that. But we race really hard. So I think it, I think it was good last year. And, um, you know, definitely, you know, it tested us and tested our, our abilities as teammates last year. And I thought for the most part, we, we did really well in those areas. Thank you, Susie. Coming up, we'll preview the other half of Hendrick Motorsports, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. And later, we'll flash back to the 2010 Daytona 500. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Kyle Larson wasn't the only driver from Hendrick Motorsports to advance to the championship four last year. Chase Elliott did the same exact thing. He was able to advance to Phoenix after being crowned champion in 2020. It was also a breakthrough year for Alex Bowman. He was tied for the second most victories in the Cup Series with four. Let's take a glance at the expectations in 2022 for the 9 and 48 teams of Hendrick Motorsports. 
Here he comes off turn number two, up off the bottom to the back straightaway, and now he'll ease it into turn three, looking for a win and a championship. Hendrick Motorsports and driver Chase Elliott looking for the checkered flag. It's out. Chase Elliott wins at Phoenix. Chase Elliott scores the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series championship. Hendrick Motorsports and Chase Elliott have been a match made in heaven for several seasons. Repeatedly voted the sport's most popular driver, the Dawsonville, Georgia native was finally able to capitalize and win a championship in 2020. Expectations were high for 2021, and not to say Elliott didn't deliver. He scored two wins, 15 top fives, and 21 top tens, but his performance was overshadowed by new teammate Kyle Larson. What do you think of that battle between you two as kind of the two best road course guys? Do you feel like that's the case? Is, is he the guy that you always know you're going to have to beat at those races? Um, I mean, no, I I don't really single them out. I mean, obviously, you know, I know they were really good at all of them last year, and, and Kyle's always been a good road course racer. But there's you know, the, the, there's a handful of guys I feel like that have um, been good at them over the last three or four years, um, three, four or five years. So I don't know that it's, you know, I don't necessarily care who it is. I just want to win, um, you know, and, and obviously to do that, you got to beat everybody. Um, but yeah, you know, Kyle's been been great at the road courses, like he's been at every other track. Um, so yeah, we, we, we want to you know, we want to compete at all the places, not just the road courses too. What do you think is the reason, though? Because it's it's always been interesting to me how. You know, and I mean, a lot of the guys that come up through the stock car ranks don't have road course experience. But when you see a guy who doesn't have that in his past become very successful at it, what is it about those style of tracks that you feel like clicks with somebody like yourself or how you drive the car? I really don't know. I mean, I personally, and I've been telling you all this for years, I feel like our cars are really good at the road courses, and, and I think Kyle exemplified that this year. Um, you know, we we stumbled upon a, a package that we really liked um, at a test that, that we did up at Watkins Glen in probably 2016, and, and we've kind of just modified and, and built from that. Obviously, now it's all out the window. It doesn't matter uh, with, with the car, but we, you know, just found something that we liked and we just kept fine-tuning on that um and once i kind of figured out how to drive it it was successful um and i really felt like that was really where the magic was i don't think i, I said this and i'll say it again i don't think i did anything special at all uh through those couple of years we've had a really good run um you know just we had a good package and and alan called a good race and you know things went our way the final pillar of the Hendrick Motorsports stable has become a force on his own. Alex Bowman has been the dark horse for several years, inheriting rides from Hendrick Giants like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jimmy Johnson. But 2021 was big for Bowman, as Alex drove to victory lane four times, more than Chase Elliott and William Byron combined. Of late, Bowman is proving he can be a contender any given week and stand out in those famous Hendrick Motorsports rides. You guys have a, just across the board, you know, you and William and then Kyle and Chase really is a strong lineup. And, and kind of looking at some of the Hendrick lineups of the past, um, this one here says the 2007 lineup specifically with Jeff, Jimmy, Kyle Busch, Casey Mears. Uh, where would you put the current lineup at Hendrick Motorsports against some of the Hendrick teams of the past? Yeah, I mean, you look at 
they had you know Mark Martin there for a while um, so many super talented race car drivers so um, cool to uh, be included in a lineup that that people think is strong I think you know last year was the best that I've ever seen the 400 cars all be so um, you know I'm I don't want to sit here and say that I'm as as good or you know on par with really any of the Hendrick drivers they've all been so strong and such big names but um, you know the success we had last year was was probably more than the company seen before throughout all four cars. Yeah, what do you attribute to that? I mean, what was it that allowed all four cars to to have success? I think just the teamwork and the communication between the four teams is really really the biggest thing. Um, you know, we all learn from each other a lot. We all bring different backgrounds to the table and, and all all help each other quite a bit. All right, we're going to talk rivalries now. We got to ask you about Denny. Um, where and, and kind of why did that start or, or was there something beyond what we saw on the track that kind of led to led to those altercations yeah no I, I mean I I don't think it really was a rivalry before Martinsville um, he got loose underneath me at Texas crashed me got loose underneath me at Pocono crashed me I got loose underneath him at Martinsville crashed him and then I'm the bad guy right and I'm the worst race car driver in the world and this and that and my hack and whatever so um you know I I felt really bad about Martinsville right up until I watched his interview and then I stopped feeling bad and he crossed about every line you could possibly cross and made it as personal as it could be so um at that, at that point you know it kind of is what it is like I was fully planning on apologizing and then i'm like wow he said a lot of things that if i call him it's gonna be the other way <laughs> so i'm just not gonna say anything and um you know we we made a t-shirt that raised a lot of money for a good cause and um you know it is what it is i i think it's kind of weird to have all the fan support when i'm the guy that crashed the guy but at the same time uh, i'll fully take it I, i'm very appreciative of it Thank you, Susie. Going to be an interesting year to see if Hendrick Motorsports can keep up their dominance with the arrival of the next-gen race car. Coming up, we'll flash back to the 52nd renewal of the Great American Race, and later we'll preview a new era at Team Penske. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. So glad you're with us, my friends, as it's time to fire up the old time machine. This week, we're going to go back 12 years to Valentine's Day 2010. It was the 52nd running of the Daytona 500, and it was memorable 
for many reasons. Among them, some track trouble and a feel-good winner. Kurt Becker has more. The anticipation is always high as the Daytona 500 approaches, and it was no different for the 52nd running of the Great American Race back in 2010. One of the storylines that surrounds every 500 concerns the drivers who are still chasing that elusive victory. Mark Martin, who came up inches short back in 2007, made headlines early in the week in 2010 when he became the oldest pole sitter in the history of the race at 51 years of age. Martin and his Hendrick Motorsports teammate Dale Earnhardt Jr. led the field to the green flag after former 500 winner and NASCAR legend Junior Johnson gave the command to start engines. Gentlemen, start your engines. 43 of the world's best drivers, more than 30,000 horsepower, about to be unleashed to the Great American Race, the Daytona 500 gets set for three and a half hours of raw racing excitement. They head for turn one. Martin and Casey Kane swapped the lead in the opening laps, but it didn't take long for the first incident to occur. On lap seven, Brad Keselowski blew a tire and collected multiple cars in the process. Trouble. Couple of cars spinning. Regan Smith is into the wall. Kurt Busch is into the wall. Jeff Gordon threads the needle through on the apron. Denny Hamlin goes to the grass as well. Sam Hornish Jr. gets a piece of that action. As everybody ducks and dodges, here's Mike Bliss getting turned around now in the back of the pack. And Brad Keselowski badly damaged on the right-hand side of that Penske Dodge. Multi-car incident breaking out midway between turns one and two. The rest of the first half of the race saw several different leaders with Kurt Busch, Clint Boyer, and Greg Biffle all taking turns at the front. The action was then brought to an abrupt halt for a Daytona 500 first, a pothole in turn two. What we're being told is that it's uh, down on the low groove, right down on the yellow line, really at the bottom of the banking, at the absolute apex of the racetrack. Uh, there's a big Daytona logo right in the middle of turns one and two. Uh, the officials seem to be concentrating their uh, their attention right down there, just below the N and the A, where we are told we can't see it from our vantage point because it's too far away, but we're told that there's an issue with, an a- with the asphalt down at the bottom of the banking, midway between turns one and two. The red flag was out for one hour and 40 minutes before action was able to resume. After the break, racing was once again intense, and new contenders emerged with Kevin Harvick, Elliot Sadler, and Juan Pablo Montoya all assuming the lead at various times. Unfortunately, the action was once again halted at lap 161 when the pothole in turn two opened up again. The field is being brought back down pit road and the red flag is going to be displayed once again. Apparently there's some issues still with the patch issue over in turns one and two. They worked on that earlier today, thought they had it repaired and apparently it's still some problems there. Track crews refilled the hole and heated it with blow torches and jet dryers to get it ready to go. Green flag racing resumed on lap 168 after a stoppage which had lasted nearly 45 minutes. Biffle and a surprising underdog in Scott Speed battled out front until lap 194 when Elliott Sadler spawned another caution. Kurt Busch sideways off turn number two and a wrecking in the back of the pack. Around is Ryan Newman. He will make contact with the outside wall. Elliott Sadler gets a piece of it as everybody takes to the grass to avoid the Ryan Newman car and now it looks to be Travis Quapple that will also get collected. Indeed, he'll spin around and make contact with the outside wall midway down the super stretch. 
Beach. From that point, cautions bred cautions as multiple incidents occurred before the field could reach the white flag. Trouble up in turn number three, Bill Elliott's into Joey Logano. They get hooked together and slam into the safer barrier. Logano with nowhere to go. Elliott and he got hooked together off the end of the back straightaway. Kevin Harvick takes it to the lead. They're banging in the back of the pack. Around goes Casey Kane. Around goes Bobby Labonte as they slide and crash down the back straightaway. On lap 206, already six circuits beyond the advertised distance, the field took the green for the second attempt at a green-white checkered finish. With Harvick in front, trying to hold off a new contender, Jamie McMurray. Coming to the line, Kevin Harvick, Jamie McMurray side by side, anticipating the green. There it is. Jamie McMurray in the outside line. He'll reach out front and grab the lead. Now they're they're banging off one another. Dale Earnhardt Jr. to second and looking for more in three. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has cleared all the traffic. He's got his sights set on just one car. They're crashing further back in the field. McMurray off turn four for the final time. Jamie McMurray sees Dale Earnhardt Jr. behind, coming down to the line to the side of the Daytona 500. McMurray will get it. His first time out with Earnhardt Ganassi Racing. He will win the 52nd running of the Daytona 500. You are now a Daytona 500 winner. What does that sound like? It's, uh, it's, it's really unbelievable. It's like the biggest weasel because I'm sitting here crying, but this is uh, this is every kid's dream to, to be able to win the Daytona 500, so it's very special, and, and uh, got a great team here, and certainly uh, Johnny Morris from Bass Pro Shops and Chip and Felix, they all took a chance on me. <clears throat> you know, I was out without a job last year, and I think for those guys to give me this opportunity, it just uh, it means a lot, and, and what a better way to pay him back. The final two laps were the only ones McMurray led over the course of the event, but he took the checkered flag to score the fourth victory of his career in his first race since reuniting with team owner Chip Ganassi. Many might remember the 2010 Daytona 500 as the one with the pothole, but many more will likely remember it as a career-defining triumph for a driver who was often described as one of the nicest in the game. Thank you, Kurt. Jamie McMurray's reaction shows you just how much winning the Daytona 500 means to these drivers. Coming up, we'll preview Team Penske and the Wood Brothers heading into 2022 and later. We'll also check out some teams that are in expansion mode for this season. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. 2022 got off to a great start for Team Penske. Joey Logano won the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum on Sunday. And after Brad Keselowski's departure from the team, that opened a new door. Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, now joined by Austin Sindrick. And there's also that dotted line over to the Wood Brothers. Let's preview the 2022 season for both Team Penske and the Woods. 2022 is a time for change at Team Penske. 2012 NASCAR Cup Series champion Brad Keselowski departed the number two team in order to pursue a driver-owner opportunity with Roush Fenway, forming RFK Racing. Also gone is veteran championship crew chief Todd Gordon from the number 12 team. Major shifts within an organization can bring uneasiness, but Joey Logano believes if there were a year for big changes, 2022 is it. If you're going to make changes, this is the year to do it because uh, a lot of your old notes don't really mean much anymore, right? We don't know a lot of the challenges ahead of us yet, right? And we know it's going to be different, but 
in what ways? We're, we're not really sure until we start racing, right? We're learning more every day, but I don't think we, we have it all figured out like we used to. So as a sport, um, so there's a lot to learn, a lot to do. And, uh, and like you said, lots of changes there. Um, 22 teams stays the same. Really, really no changes there. Uh, but everything else around it is very different, right? Whether it's cars, teammates, crew chief teammates, like, I mean, whatever it is, right? There's, there's plenty of change in our, in our organization. With adjustments occurring all across the organization, Logano and the number 22 team have been able to maintain a level of continuity heading into the season. Yeah, I think having some consistency there is good, right? You got to have something consistent. Um, you know, and, and even though, you know, we say there's a lot of change, you know, from a, from a team's perspective, you know Jonathan Hassler with with Blaney, Brian Wilson uh, has been around, right? Jeremy Bullins, right? Like, like some of them has changed some things up. Austin Cindric was already in the company, right? Running Xfinity, it's not like I just met him for the first time. Now Harrison Burton's definitely new, right? That's that's new to to our organization and, and with the twenty one car. Um, so you know, learning him uh, and, and his tendencies and how he communicates about the car, those type of things, um, which he's learning too, as he's a rookie on top of all that, but. Um, yeah, you know, those things are, are different, but the same, right? Because it's the same people. Just some of a couple of them moved up. Joining Logano as a returning Cup Series veteran for Team Penske is Ryan Blaney, who after three wins in 2021 will team up with new crew chief Jonathan Hassler. Could the changes, coupled with his experience, allow Blaney to take on a leadership role within the organization? Uh, you kind of try to, right? I mean, with Brad gone, you know. You know, I'm the, me and Joey are now the most experienced guys, you know, in, in the building. So you try to, uh, I try to be, you know, I, I look at what Brad and Joey were to me when I was getting started in the cup side. They were very helpful to me, always offering advice if, if I asked for it. Um, and, and then you, you kind of just want to give that back, you know, to, to guys coming up, rookies in the cup series that are your teammates. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that role is a little bit more important to kind of have, you know, step into that leadership role, being having more experience with with brad gone and things like that so yeah slightly um i'm never gonna you know pull someone aside and tell them what they're doing wrong you know if, if they ask for advice i'm gonna you know help them out as much as i can but um but yeah i think it's it's been you know really neat to kind of maybe feel more of a, a leadership role which is you know it's been pretty nice and i think that just naturally comes as you get more and more experienced in the on the cup side while he's not new to Team Penske, Austin Sindrick makes the jump up from the NASCAR Xfinity Series to racing full-time in Cup. Not only is Sindrick stepping up to the top of NASCAR's three premier series, he's stepping into the number two car vacated by Kozlowski. Yeah, you think it would be added, added pressure. Obviously, I have a great, great understanding for, for what that car means to, to our team and kind of Team Penske's foundation in NASCAR, but... Um, I don't necessarily see it as pressure or, or motivation, honestly. it's For me, it's a source of pride. Uh, obviously, I, I know the people that I'm representing and, and, and the drivers that have been successful in the past, and I'm looking forward to starting a new chapter for the two car. Not only does Cindric carry the pressure that comes with strapping into the number two car, but the 23-year-old also has to deal with his own expectations that come with being a cup rookie. Yeah, a, a lot of newness and a lot of change. You know, you think, you think about... Just moving up to the Cup Series as a rookie in general, I'm working with a new team, new group of guys, new competitors. Um, but now you, you factor in having a new car. Uh, there's some new tracks on the schedule. There's a lot of newness uh, for, for me and a lot to adapt to. And 
Um, but at the same time, changes the opportunity for everybody. Cindering won't be the only rookie racing in the Cup Series for Team Penske in 22. In partnership with Wood Brothers Racing, Harrison Burton slides over from Joe Gibbs Racing to step behind the wheel of the number 21, achieving a lifelong dream. It's really neat. You know, I've, you know, always wanted to be a NASCAR Cup Series driver since the earliest I can remember. And um, to get to do it with a team like the Wood Brothers that's so historic, so, you know, storied in their past, and they've got so much cool family history, um, which is neat because, I, you know, I kind of grew up in the sport as well, so I feel like I've kind of got that same family history, and, um, you know, just theirs goes a lot longer than mine does, but, uh, you know, it's a cool connection there for sure, and on top of that, they're, they're a fast race team. They've got fast race cars, and with the help of Team Penske, I think we've got a, a really great alliance going there, and with Ford, I think there's no reason we, we can't be a, a top-running car, so it's exciting to, to get to drive for them for sure. While change is the theme for Team Penske, the experience of Logano paired with the rise of Blaney and potential of two young drivers in Cindric and Burton will be a factor as all four teams begin their quest for a championship. Certainly feels a little odd to call Joey Logano a grizzled veteran at the tender age of 31. But with Harrison Burton arriving on the scene at the age of 21, that certainly does put that into some perspective. Coming up, we'll check out the teams expanding in 2022. Trackhouse, College Racing, and Petty, GMS Motorsports. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The next-gen car has certainly sparked a new era in terms of team ownership. We've got new teams. We've got expanding teams in 2022. Among them are Trackhouse Racing, which expands to two cars, Colleg Racing, which goes full-time cup racing with two cars, and GMS Racing enters the Cup Series with a partnership with Richard Petty, creating Petty GMS Motorsports. Let's preview those teams as we head into a brand-new racing season. The introduction of the next-gen car signaled a new era of NASCAR racing, and the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season promises team growth thanks to the next-gen car. Colleague Racing, Trackhouse Racing, and Petty GMS Motorsports have all expanded since the first of the year. After a strong showing on the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 2021, Colleague Racing will compete full-time in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2022. The team has secured a pair of Cup Series charters and will field a full-time ride for Justin Haley, while veteran A.J. Allmendinger will pilot a second car at select Cup Clashes. Dicing it up in the Cup Series full-time for the first time in his career, Haley understands the value of the experience surrounding him at college. Yeah, it's huge. And then obviously um, having two cars is huge too because um, even for myself, just having a baseline of, of you know, maybe A.J. Allmendinger, Daniel Hemrick hops in it and and uh, just seeing where they run. I mean, if, if we're off, we're off, or if we're good, we're going to be good. So um, be a good baseline. Obviously, A.J. and, and Daniel are two phenomenal race car drivers, and, and um, being able to um, learn from them. They both tested with me. We've shared the car. So um, just different information. We've been in the simulator a lot. You know, just same old, same old that we all talk about. So. Um, and then also being on the RCR campus with, with Reddick and, and Austin Dillon and, and having all their engineering notes, being in the Chevy camp, we, we've done a lot with them. So uh, lots of resources, lots of engineers, and, and it's honestly, um, you know, I'm not on the Xfinity side of college anymore, but the amount of, of, of new things I've, I've heard coming to the Xfinity program to make it even better, 
um, is positive too for the whole team. Former NASCAR driver Justin Marks and pop sensation Pitbull are a perfect example of the growth of NASCAR as the pair made a splash last season forming Trackhouse Racing with Daniel Suarez at the wheel of the 99. Suarez will have a teammate this season following the Trackhouse acquisition of Chip Ganassi Racing NASCAR assets in 2021. Ross Chastain makes the transition to pilot the number one. Justin has opened my eyes and culturally what Trackhouse is built on and what they're what it's built for. It's not Justin Marks Racing. It's not any one sponsor name. It's not one team name. It's Trackhouse. And that stands for so much more that we can help these race markets. We can help somebody out in these race markets. And we are going to be a place that people want to come work because of the work that we're doing. Now, I'm only barely scratching the surface, man. I'm just a racer that now is learning how to be a better person, like how to how to take my platform and use it for more than my own self gain. And Trackhouse is going to allow me to do that. And they're going to teach me how to do that. Um, the work that, that Armando Pitbull has done with his slam schools and giving kids the opportunity to put themselves in the best position in life, it's inspiring. And he's doing that in large numbers of kids across the country. And we want to be a part of that. And I want to be a part of that. Um, I want to be a part of what Trackhouse is capable of. And I don't know what that answer is yet specifically, but I just know that that's been the biggest thing. It's just that, yes, we expect and our goals are to win, but there's so much more that we can do. Suarez shares Chastain's excitement and reverence for Marks and the Trackhouse organization and looks forward to all of the advantages that come with the addition of a second car. I mean, it's huge. Uh, every time that you get the opportunity to compare data, every, th- every time that you get an opportunity like this, is huge. But now with the new car, it's even bigger. And the reason of that is because in the past, you can build a car and I can build a car. And even though that the car is supposed to be very close to the same, sometimes they're not the same. You know, the bodies can change. The chassis change a little bit. The geometry and the suspension change a little bit. They're always close, but never never the same. And now with the next-gen car, everything is exactly the same. So uh, we're going to be able to compare apples with apples for the first time probably ever, you know? So it's, 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 it's quite different. And I feel like the, the comparison of the data, the engineers that we're going to have working, I think is, they're going to they're gonna have to work very hard to to be able to to give us the information that we need, uh, because now we're going we we know for sure that we are fighting with the same stuff. Back in December, Maury Gallagher, owner of GMS Racing, along with NASCAR icon Richard Petty, announced the creation of Petty GMS Motorsports. The organization is set to field two full-time NASCAR Cup Series teams in 2022, with Eric Jones and Ty Dillon taking the wheel. Jones, a holdover from Richard Petty Motorsports, is excited about the changes that come with the merger, along with the familiarity of working with Petty. Yeah, it's uh, it is an interesting situation. You know, RPM is is pretty much stayed together. A lot of the same people, but now we're obviously merged with with GMS. But um, really happy how it's all come together. Uh, happy how the mergers went, and, and what I think it's going to look like for the rest of the season with the resources that we're going to have with GMS. So uh, excited just to get going. You know, looking forward to the season and getting back to the racetrack and uh, seeing what uh, 
what it's going to be like, new crew chief and everything. And so there's a lot of a lot of newness, but a lot of excitement as well. After a season away from racing full-time in Cup, Ty Dillon makes his return to the series thanks to Petty GMS, fielding what Dillon believes is his best opportunity at the Cup level. Yeah, it means a lot. I think uh, it's an honor to be brought in to help build something. Um, it's uh, There's a lot of potential with our team. But like you said, the the winning history is already in GMS. It's in the blood of the company. Um, and then you bring in the, the long history of Petty Motorsports, uh, the winningest name uh, in NASCAR history. So you marry those two together with a team that's young and hungry with a bunch of young guys uh, who want to make a long-lasting impact. I think we, we have a bright future ahead of us. Although these three teams likely won't dominate the headlines heading into the season, all three have invested in the resources and drivers to potentially make noise in 2022. I wouldn't be shocked if any of those teams find victory lane in 2022 and we wish them the best folks. That's all the time we have for you for this week. I'd like to thank Dan Hubbard for stopping by and being a part of the show. And we'd also like to invite you to join us for NASCAR live wide open. It's a brand new podcast that drops every Thursday. You can get it where you download your podcast. Another episode will drop Thursday and we hope that you check it out early and often. We'll be back next week for another edition of NASCAR Live, and we'll also take a break this weekend from race day duties as we gear up for Speed Week's 2022. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.